Cover City Hoops is back with Fast Break, our second edition to this part of our podcast. Britt, let the listeners know what they can be hearing tonight. We're focused on the road to the Final Four, Steve. We're going to we're gonna touch on Jeff Capel and what the heck is going on at Pittsburgh. We got some sleepers, Steve. We're going to focus on some teams like BYU, Gonzaga, and Arkansas and how they can make a splash on the road to Indianapolis. And mid-major Mark, let them know what games they want to be keen in on this week. This weekend's games, we got games in the Big 12, the Big 10, the ACC. We got my mid-major game of the week. And we've got an unbelievable Sunday matchup in the Big 10. All right, Lantern, let this puppy rip. Sports fans, Cover City Hoops is back with Fast Break. We got a good show coming at you guys. I'm joined by big time Britt. Britt, what's going on? Hey, Steve-O. Happy to be on. I'll be in Vegas for the opening games and uh, looking to take the house down. Hopefully hopefully we can provide some uh, good insight for you. Joined in Vegas, you'll be uh, you'll be accompanied by our boy Mid-Major Mark, who's joining the podcast this week. Mark, what's going on down there in Fort Lauderdale? Steve, what's going on, my friend? Just living the dream, getting ready for Vegas, putting my binder together to to take the house down with Britt and uh, walk away with a pile of money. Can't wait to hear it. Can't wait to to, to track your guys' progress out there. And we're always joined by Lantern in the booth, who's lighting things up for all of us. Lantern, what's going on? It'll light up your life. All right, guys, let's get underway. We've had a little breaking news here in the uh, college hoops world, the ACC, Pittsburgh, and uh, Coach Jeff Capel has has lost uh, two of their top scorers here to the transfer portal this week, guys. Um, th- this is a kind of becoming a common uh, trend for, for Coach Capel and Pittsburgh. Uh, Xavier Johnson and Odessi uh, Tony entered the transfer portal this week. Um, and then actually last year they lost two of their top players in, in Ryan Murphy to Tulane and, and Trey McGowan's to, to, to Nebraska. Uh, Britt, where, where are we at with, with, with this whole thing? What's going on with, with Coach Capel? Is something going on in Pittsburgh that we don't know about? Steve-O, what the heck is going on in Pittsburgh, man? Jeff Capel, his brother Jason Capel's on the coaching staff. Xavier Johnson's a junior. He averages 14 points a game. He started 69 of seven, 79 games throughout his three-year career. He started 16 of 18 this season. Don't know what's going on with him, man. Uh, there's something going on behind the scenes. Tony's their best defender. Second leading scorer. Second best rebounder. Apparently, they've come to a mutual agreement. However, it was effective immediately on Wednesday. So effective immediately leads us to believe that there's more going on inside that program. Yeah, something's going on that's just not adding up that they, you know, they're they're keeping it, you know, close to the vest as they say, but it it doesn't really add up to me. I, I don't know for a big time program like that and uh you know, really a I guess a what's the word I'm looking for? Capel is you know, he's been around the block, I guess if you want to say, oh, you know. Steve, everyone knows Capel was Coach K's bag man for years. Years. Duke. 
Yeah, yeah. So, remember how he reacted in the stadium when the the Dukies went against him? I mean, Coach K just went nuts. Yeah, and this is his first Pittsburgh recruiting class. He's got nobody on his roster now with his three year tenure since he he was hired in 2018. That's currently on his roster. His most touted freshman played seven games this year. He was Ohio's Mr. Basketball's runner-up or whatever. Mm-hmm. However, he's facing three felonies for stealing cars. So he hasn't played. He got arrested, yeah. Right, he hasn't were played they since good, the Were they nice the cars, though? I think there was a Yugo in okay. there, a Chevette. Oh, okay. okay, a Chevette? Yeah. I drove one of them. I drove. That's why I didn't get away. All right. Burkmobile? Mo- <laughs> yeah, I drove. <laughs> Drove old Rusty Brown from uh, New York to uh, Charlotte twice. Yeah, two wow. times. We, we Bumping mixtapes the whole ride home. Do you, do you think it has anything to do with the, the fact that they've lost 10 out of the past 11 games? Right. And, and Pittsburgh has lost 23 of 29 wow. in a three-season span during the months of February and March. So there's something going on late in the season with that program. We can't pinpoint it. We got to figure out what's going on with Pittsburgh. You know, what they say is it's, it's kind of crazy to do it this late in the season, but with the way COVID impacted these schools and with transfer portal, I mean, every kid's pretty much getting a waiver these days. So you might as well get out now so that you can effectively play next year because most likely you're not going to have to sit out a year because of this. I wonder if that mutual agreement has anything to do with Jeff Capel moving on. Uh, Britt, the only thing that makes sense to me is Coach K's leaving. I, I mean, that would, in my mind, that's where I'm at. It's like the only place Capel might be going would be Duke, but I just don't see Coach K walking away after this season. Right, but then you got Chris Collins at Northwestern, John Shire, who's supposedly the uh, the runner-up here taking um, Coach K's place, and Jeff Capel, maybe you they're got assembling. You got Woj uh, putting on the heels yesterday. Right, right. So there's a lot of Duke alumni that are head coaches right now. So, um, you know, I don't know Dawkins. if it has anything to you do with – You got a squad. Right, there's a whole right. crew. I think a lot of it had to do with, with Capel wanting to get his own guys in there. And like you said, Britt, this is basically the, the first year he's been with all his guys that he recruited. So maybe, you know, maybe it was to, to kind of clean house and really start from scratch. And, and I guess we probably won't know the outcome of this until – you know, later on um, in the year. So, you know, we'll watch it closely as, as we always do. But let's move on to discussion, too, as, as turning, turning time is, is, you know, upon us here. We started some, uh, some conference tournaments uh, today, and we kind of want to just key you guys in on some, some of the sleepers here, uh, you know, as we move forward here towards the NCAA tournament and all these conference championships. So, Britt, why don't you key these guys into some of your sleepers that you're looking at to, you know, make a run here in March? Yeah, Steve-O, I've been following BYU all year. Um, they may shut me up tonight. They're playing a pretty good team. Um, they host San Francisco tonight. I, I've seen San Francisco play a little bit. They're tall. They're athletic. They like to score points. So um, I expect BYU to win that game. BYU is 17-5, and and – you know, there's there's smoke in their conference opponents. So um, what we got to figure out is they've lost some big games. Obviously, Gonzaga, they got beat or they, they got beat by Gonzaga. They got beat by USC and a very good Boise State team. I've been following Boise State. We'll get into them in a little bit here. But are is BYU a product of their conference or is good? Are they as good as I think they are? I also like Arkansas. After watching the game last night, they punched Alabama in the jaw. Yeah, that the game was on Arkansas's court. 
However, they didn't back down. The game was chippy. There was multiple technicals throughout the game. Tons of foul shots throughout the game. Arkansas slid into the top 25 this week, and deservingly so. If Alabama won that game last night, they had a chance to be a number one seed. I like Arkansas to make a splash in the NCAA tournament. Vegas was definitely on to something with, with that line um, last night. It was, you know, t- to me, the way Alabama had been playing and to be uh, Arkansas to be giving points. And I know it was at, at, at Arkansas, so, um, but, I mean, they put the smackdown on them. I mean, it Yeah, was- and when I say there was a lot of free throws, they were in Arkansas's favor being on their court. If you go back and look at the stats, I think they shot like 35 free throws. And I think they actually missed like 15 of them. But Alabama only shot like 9 or 10 the entire game. So that's why the game was chippy. Um, One of the best Alabama players got ejected. There was a couple scuffles. So um, I don't think it's going to disrupt Alabama long term. They're ranked 6 now. Like I said, I think they they could still be a number 1 seed. But I was impressed with Arkansas last night. They've definitely come on as of late, like you said, just uh, you know, kind of sneaking into the top twenty-five uh, in this past weekend's poll or week's poll. Um, you know, to put it on a, a, a an Alabama team like that, uh, score eighty-one points at home is a huge win and a huge win moving forward in the SEC uh, conference. As as that tournament's gonna, you know, see some teams like Kentucky who usually tend to turn it on. Uh, this time of year with Coach Cal getting his young guys ready to play for these tournaments. Um, so I, I look for Arkansas to be a, a team that you guys you know, better put on your radars right now because they're playing good basketball. Absolutely. And I also like Boise State. They're playing tonight in, in a tremendous game that's on TV. They're playing San Diego State, who's been ranked all year. Boise State just beat a very good Utah State team, who's 14-7 and seven on back-to-back nights. Utah State is also very good in that conference. Um, So we'll be able to determine tonight and this weekend if what I think in Boise State is for real. All right, and then our last and final team is a team that really um, would probably be a team that everyone will recognize, but a team that I, I, I would have to say, guys, hasn't really gotten the love and respect from the the voters here. Uh, they opened up the season not in the top 25, and that's the Florida State Seminoles, Britt. Uh, they moved up five spots this week to, to number 11. Um, they, they, they've got a game we're going to kind of uh, target here uh, Saturday against against UNC at UNC, the Dean, uh, the Dean Dome. So what, what should we be looking at uh, for AC, uh, for FSU here moving forward as the ACC tournament approaches? Well, I think Florida State's going to make a big run in the ACC tournament, Steve. I also think they're going to make a big run in the NCAA tournament because they weren't even ranked five weeks ago. When you say they moved up five spots this week to 11, you know, that's accurate. And then week nine, we're, we're in week 14 now. Week nine, they weren't even ranked. Um, I'm taking them to make the Elite Eight. If they stay healthy, land in a decent bracket, they make a run in the ACC tournament, they've got a terrific shot to run through the tournament, especially if they do exactly what I predict and to land at a two seed. If you look at Florida State, uh, you know, last year when the tournament got canceled, they were looking to make a big run. They get two guys drafted in the lottery this year, and Coach Hamilton just goes and reloads with amazing freshmen like Scotty Barnes. Uh, And for whatever reason, they got no respect at the beginning of the year. They weren't even, you know, they weren't ranked preseason. 
They're making a run. They're long. They're lean, like a normal, you know, Leonard, Leonard Hamilton type team. And if they can shut some people down on defense, they're going to go deep. They're going to go deep in March. Yeah. Scotty Barnes can carry them through, man. He's a 6'9", Magic Johnson type player. He does it all. He only averages like 12 points a game, which is, you know, incredible. But he averages, you know, five, six assists, you know, 10, 11 rebounds. He, he does everything. He can take over a game whenever he wants. Um, we always say that point guards kind of run the teams in the tournament. Those are the teams that are going to excel really far. But, I mean, th- this kid's incredible. They got the talent around him. They got some veterans. They got a, a, a four-year senior who was a McDonald's All-American who, who was injured early on in his career. And uh, I'm, his name's slipping my mind now. But they got a little bit of a mix Walker. of – yeah, Walker. MJ uh, they, Walker. Yes. MJ I'm sorry. Walker. And he shoots yep. the lights out too. So yeah. they got experience. They got young talent. But I think Scotty Barnes is the difference maker here. So guys, it's pretty hard to predict who the sixteen seeds are, but I think we have a pretty good idea who the one seeds may or may not be. And maybe some faults that we've seen throughout the season so far in these top ranked teams and why they might be, you know, pretty strong candidates to get upset by a more than likely mid-major number 16 seed, guys. So where are we going with this one? Well, every team, guys, is playing in Indianapolis. Every team is playing their games throughout multiple gyms, you know, located in the suburbs and downtown area of Indianapolis. There will not be home fans. Um, there will not be, um, you know, homers rooting on their, their schools, alumni, or anything like that. There's only 25% fan capacity allowed there's not going to be fans traveling that dominate the crowds it's going to be moms and dads of these players you know siblings um some of the some of the coaching staff's families you know the number one seeds excuse me the number one seeds will have to be more prepared than ever because the crowd will favor the underdogs in these small gyms by that I mean, there's going to be less noise. I know they're going to be pumping it in, but it's not going to be the surrounding environment that we're used to in some of these large arenas. Yeah, Brett, I totally agree. Uh, you look at some of these teams, especially playing on a on a neutral court with empty arena, uh, teams like a Gonzaga. Gonzaga's obviously playing very well. They're by far the best team in the country. Uh, but you look at games like, for instance, even today, uh, you know, they started off flat. They are winning now, but... Uh, you know, they can run into somebody that's going to put a role on them and uh, they're not going to be able to come back. Even Baylor. Baylor this week had a scare with Iowa State. Iowa State's a, a, an average team at best. And they took them to the wire. And, and that's Brent, in a, or, a, Mark, they were 23 and a half point favorites in that game. Yeah, Baylor. they won by what? We're, six, we're all aware. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Listen, we are all aware. And and I know, you know, Baylor did come off, uh, you know, almost three-week uh, break there with, with with the pandemic and everything. But but still, to, you know, like you said, on, on any given night, if these teams aren't playing at the top of their, their game, I think there there is a, a chance for, for an upset there. Um, yeah. What, what, about, what, what about Michigan? Michigan seems like they're playing some pretty, pretty good basketball right now. Um, I wouldn't foresee them being a team that would be taken down by uh, a much smaller 16 seed. You wouldn't think so, but some of these small schools and these small gyms are going to have that nothing to lose type of mojo. And you know, Steve O, I'm going to adjust my brackets this this NCAA tournament to favor a lot of these underdogs. Do I think a team like Michigan is going to get beat by you know a a McNeese State or you know a Southwestern State or something like that? I don't you know I don't even I'm just throwing names out there, but. 
No, but you know what? We didn't think that a couple years ago either, and it can happen, and I think this year is the year that it might happen more than once. Yeah, and, and if you look, I think the other one seed is probably right now Ohio State. Ohio State's got suffocating defense, but I've watched them several times this year, and they can get ice cold from the floor. I've seen them go three, four, five minutes without a field goal. You do that, and, and you let a, a, a scrappy 16 seed get hot uh, in an empty arena, and that could be a recipe for disaster. I agree. I agree. All right, guys, let's uh, let's roll this one right into the games of the week. We're going to let you guys know what games you want to be watching and who you want to be keying in on for these games. So Saturday, we're going to tip it off with 14th-ranked Texas at 18th-ranked Texas Tech. That's a noon tip on CBS. Guys, this is a, a you know a, a, a conference matchup in the Big 12. Uh, two teams that, that have been, I would say, up and down within the conference this year. Um, Texas Tech is uh, losers of the last three, and Texas is coming off of a come-from-behind win against number 17th-ranked uh, Kansas uh, on Tuesday night. So I think this is going to be uh, a pretty good matchup. What are you guys uh, going to be keying in on in this one? Well, I'm keying in on Texas here. They're coming off a... A, a game two games ago I know they just beat Kansas but their two starting guards got into a shoving match a fight on the bench um, and it was highly publicized uh, and a lot of people haven't seen what happened but they literally had to separate both players 50 feet apart calm them down they had a 14 point lead at that time and ended up losing the game so there was a lot of scrutiny on those kids for fighting however they come back and they beat Kansas their next game three days later but it turns out those two were fighting over defense. They weren't fighting over somebody taking too many shots, somebody getting uh, a certain amount of points or anything like that. They were fighting over defense. So I don't, th I don't know if there was a missed assignment or something like that, whatever the case may be. A lot of people like to tear young kids down and a program down that's, that's you know, having an altercation publicly on the court. However, that kind of stuff can bring teams together, and I think it did because they took down Kansas Mark, Mark, give the listeners a couple players here that we want uh, them to be on the lookout for in, in, a, in a big role for this, this game here. Mac McClung. Texas Tech goes as he goes. Point guard extraordinaire transfer from Georgia. Kid gets up and down uh, Georgetown. the court. Or Georgetown, excuse me. My apologies. George I knew that. I was a... knew it started with a G. Yeah, it was George. <laughs> um can get up and down the court, shoots shoots well, can dunk. His his high school highlight reel is actually insane. YouTube uh, sensation. Yeah, yep, YouTube sensation. But uh, Coach Beard and the boys have it tough. I know everyone's talking about the Big Ten being the best conference top to bottom this year. But you look at the Big 12, uh, that, that, that conference is stacked. I mean, you're looking at seven teams going to the tournament this year. I mean, uh, you have Texas Tech, probably one of the lower-end ones. They've lost three straight, and uh, they're a really good team. How about Texas's side of the ball? Who, who are we gonna? Uh, who we want to watch there? Well, I like Greg Brown, freshman center. He's athletic. You know, he's he's not having a tremendous year, but he's a difference maker in the paint. Um, he's a shot blocker. I mean, there's a couple of dunks from this season. You, you watch him on. Uh, uh, on YouTube, I mean, he, he's a man-child, but um, it, it's going to be a com competitive game, you know, within state rivals. I was in Texas the last time these two teams played. 
Um, I was in a, you know, a bar, a restaurant, and the place was going nuts. So um, I can't imagine what it's like going to be there. But it's going to be a good game to watch. Number 14 taking on number 18 Saturday at noon on CBS. And the next matchup here we're going to get you guys going in on is uh, the uh, Big Ten matchup here. Number five, Illinois, is at number 23, Wisconsin. 2 p.m. tip here. Uh, Wisconsin's 0-5 in their last five against ranked opponents. Illinois is winners of seven out of their last eight. I like this matchup. I like Illinois, but we just found out Illinois will be without their leading scorer, junior guard, Io. Io don't know how to say his last name. <laughs> Tasumo. Tasumo. There it is. Nailed it. We came up with it all on our own here at Cover City. But the, that's going to be a big hit to, to the fighting Illini guys. Um, you, you know, they still do have uh, our boy Coffee uh, Coburn down low to, to fill it up down there for him. But. But that, that's a big loss for, for uh, Illinois. So I don't know what to really expect here moving forward for them for the rest of the regular season, at least. Uh, where are you guys at with this? Well, DeSumo averages 21 points per game. So obviously it's a huge hit. I like what Coach Ergo from Penn State said last week. Wisconsin starting five is older than some NBA teams. You got Brad Davison, who's on Wisconsin, like I said, probably making his 10th year. Um, I like the experience with Wisconsin. Illinois has been up and down. I think 21 points per game. Losing their best player is going to have a huge impact in this game. I'm taking Wisconsin. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Britt. I think uh, you know the loss is, is even bigger because uh, Dimitrik, don't call me Obi Trice, the point guard leading scorer for Wisconsin. Uh, you know it, it, The matchup is just completely leaning toward the Badgers there. And to me, and especially with an experienced program like that, you got a point guard that can take advantage of uh, playing a backup for the entire game. I think it's a huge advantage. I also love the Badgers this week. Put it on the board. Mark it on your calendar. Circle that one. We're gonna uh, we're gonna move on to uh, the Dean Dome here. Uh, Four o'clock tip on ESPN. Number eleventh ranked Florida State travels up to Chapel Hill to take on North Carolina. North Carolina has been a team of much inconsistency. I think we can definitely agree to that, Britt. You um, think? <laughs> you know, you go and win. You, they, they win last Saturday by 45 against Louisville, and then they take on uh, a kind of a, a game they picked up here. Yeah, basically, this week. a playing game. A playing yeah, game. Playing game against a you know a Marquette, a 10 and 10 and 12 Marquette team, and uh, basically got embarrassed. Got embarrassed. Uh, Florida State, as as we previously mentioned, you know they're playing good basketball, like you said, led by Scotty Barnes. Um, they also have two other players that are averaging more than ten points a game in MJ Walker and uh, Raekwon Gray. So you know Florida State's a team that I think people are going to know uh, moving forward. So definitely key in on those names. And Carolina, I just I don't know what to expect anymore. I know Roy is pretty frustrated with this this squad so i don't where you guys see this game ending up well right now carolina is possibly last four out or playing in a playing game to make it to the ncaa tournament this is a huge game for north carolina if they can knock off number 11 florida state it's going to be a hard task i don't see it happening but basically this is the ncaa tournament in their hands right now uh, so if they can't get up for this game 
you know what? I'm probably done rooting for him this year. But I'm going to base my decision on what I see as far as the line goes. I think there could be a big snap reaction based on what Florida State did this week. Agreed. No, uh, North Carolina laying a dud against Marquette. I think the line could swing probably, and I may take the, the double heels digits. At home. You think you think double digits, Mark? I, I'm hoping for I'm hoping for eight or higher. I think that's going to be the case. Wow. And if that's I mean, the case, if you give me double digits, I'll take it all day. Oh, I'm with you. Uh, I mean, in favor of who? Carolina. I'll take Carolina. I'll take. I'll eat points right. on all that all day. Absolutely. Right. No, I agree. And, and I Carolina agree. has the bigs. I mean, they are young. Um, but, you know, you got guys like Armando Baycott and Garrison Brooks and Dayron Sharp down below. And, but they and don't got, play big. They don't play big, Steve. That's what the, stinks. The thing that drives yeah, right, me nuts right. about him, it's like you're a big guy. You're going out to set a screen. Set the screen. Like, it, to me, it's like they just they go through the motions too much, and it hurts them uh, against teams that are aggressive. And Marquette was aggressive, and they really – they put him in their place. You know what? Marquette had nothing to lose. You know, they, they probably thought that Roy was scheduling this game. You know what? They're going to bring us in here. They want to pad their resume. So the selection committee on selection Sunday has another game for them to look at. And they went in there and knocked Carolina on their butt. All right. Moving on to this uh, primetime game, 8 p.m. tip here. Uh, like you said earlier, Mark, a big-time matchup with the Big 12. Uh, these two teams, number two, Baylor, uh, travels to uh, number 17, Kansas, Rock, Hawk, Jayhawk. Uh, Rock, Chalk, Jayhawk, you son of a motherless. Anyway, this is going to be a, a great matchup against two Big 12 teams. Uh, Baylor had a 17-day layoff, as we previously mentioned, uh, and, and the come-from-behind win against uh, Iowa State. The other night, but um, Baylor's still 18 and 0. I I really think they're gonna look to regain their dominance here in the Big 12, and Kansas coming off a tough loss uh, against Texas earlier in the week. I just think Baylor's gonna really kind of put their foot on the pedal and show us that they're a team that's gonna go deep. You know, come tourney time. So Steve-O, you mentioned they're 18 and 0, right? Uh, their next four games, we're opening. Saturday at Kansas, at West Virginia, home to Oklahoma State, and and uh, entertaining Texas Tech at home. You think they run the gauntlet? So, Brutal so, schedule. So three out of those four games are going to be against ranked opponents. Oklahoma State has been in and out of the top 25 this year. They have arguably the best freshman in the country in Kate Cunningham. You know, like you, you know, Mark, you really nailed it when you said the Big Twelve is is another team that or another conference that you know we're probably not giving enough credit to. Yeah, you look at you know ESPN, Fox Sports, all these things. All you see is Big Ten, Big Ten, Big Ten. But you look top to bottom at the Big Twelve; uh, it's a stacked conference with a bunch of really good teams. And this these last four games with Baylor just show it. Uh, I know there was some shuffling with the schedule because of the COVID. But to have to finish with these last four going into the tournament is just absolutely brutal. And Kansas has been playing great. You know, I know they're coming off a loss, but, I mean, four weeks ago, we thought their season was over. So and that was after that big loss to Texas. Then they rebounded and I think they won. You know, don't quote me on this. You know, six out of seven. You know, we're blowing some people up. So Kansas is a very scary team. Can they match up with Baylor and make it a close one? I don't think so. But the way Baylor played the other night, Kansas has got to be feeling pretty good about themselves. Britt, I totally agree. When we were uh, putting you know, the show together today, we had the sleeper teams. I know it's hard to think of it that way, but I was actually thinking about Kansas. 
uh, it's tough because they are a, you know, a traditional blue blood that goes to the tournament every year, one seeds. But this year, they're so up and down. I feel like people are sleeping on them. And I think this could be their statement win if they come in and, and they put it on Baylor. I think when Kansas found themselves outside of the top 25 for the first time in, in Steve, how many years was it? Uh, it was since 1961. That, right. Are we talking all all the four blue bloods there that, that were out of the top 25? No, yeah. just, you know, yeah. I mean, it was Kentucky, Kansas. Yeah, it was 1961 that all four of those teams were not in the top 25. And I think that was the first time in, uh, since I want to say since like 94, maybe, that, that Kansas was out of the top 25 or something like that. But, but yeah, it's it's been a pretty crazy year. And, you know, I just look for the tournament this year to be absolute bonkers. Yeah, and Kansas certainly responded. I mean, they're ranked 17 now. They They've... Uh, rattled off some really big wins. Uh, they're a scary team, man. They can beat anybody. All right, guys, let's move into the mid-major matchup of the day. We got mid-major Mark here to break this one down. Number, or actually, they're, they are not ranked at this point, but they were ranked earlier in the season. Belmont 24-1 and going up to um, take on Moorhead State, who's 18-7. and That's going to be a 4 4 p.m. tip for these two uh, mid-majors that are that are playing at a very high level right now. I just want you listeners to remember one thing when you're keying into this game and you're checking out the lines on Saturday morning. More head is better than less head. All right, guys? Indeed. Absolutely, Steve-O. I'm married. I tend to stay on the less head side. <laughs> but I love this matchup. This is like for me having to choose my between my kids, which one's my favorite. Uh, I think I said earlier to you, Steve-O, uh, I'm going to bet both sides and just lose the juice because I love betting both of these teams. Uh, you got, you know, Musinski and the boys from Belmont coming in. Uh, there is no uh, I in team, but there is one in Johnny. And uh, our boy, the point guard there for uh, Moorhead State. Uh, Johnny give, Broom. Uh, Grayson Murphy, a run for his money this week. So, uh I can't pick a I can't pick a side in this one because I love both of them. So I'm gonna throw it over to my boy, big time Britt here, and see what his thoughts are. Well, Belmont has won 21 straight and are 17 six and one against the spread. ATS, <laughs> ATS, Moorhead, Moorhead Ooh. has won 14 out of its last 15 and are 15 and eight against the spread. Terrific matchup. Wow. Belmont's ninth in the nation in scoring, guys, 82.8 points a game, you know, so they can light up the scoreboard. Um, like you said there, uh, I can't pronounce his name, their center there, Nicky yeah, Boy. Mikey Musinski. Musinski. There we go. I'm doing pretty piss poor on names tonight. I'm, I'm a little disappointed in myself. But, uh, you know, I look for this game to be high scoring, back and forth matchup, and uh, definitely, you know, maybe they're mid-majors, but I, they're going to play – uh, a very high caliber of basketball Saturday. I have to say that outside of Siena, uh, Belmont is by far my favorite team out there right now. I love watching them play. Uh, obviously, they've been very good to me. I pretty much take them every week or every game that they play. Uh, so they're exciting to watch. They're a fun team. If you're, if you're into college basketball and you want to see a team that you probably haven't watched before, give Belmont a try. All right, that's going to wrap up Saturday games, but we got one big-time matchup on Sunday for you guys to make sure you got your eye on. We've got another Big Ten matchup here as number nine, Iowa, travels up to Columbus to take on number four-ranked Ohio State, 3 p.m., CBS. 
guys, this this game's going to be, you know, we're going to see possibly the National Player of the Year candidate in Luca Garza matching up against, you know, pretty two high-powered scorers in EJ Liddell and Dwayne Washington Jr. for Ohio State. I really look for this game to be a high-scoring game, and I think it's going to be somewhere where you know you're, you're going to want to watch these two teams to figure out who they are right now because moving forward to tournament time i really think these two teams are, are teams that that can and will make decent runs yeah luca garza man he, he's bigger than you guys think you know when you, when you see him out there i mean he's thick he's kind of like a you know a big ofi type player but when you see him next to the, some of these other centers man he towers over these guys he's just bigger um he's more athletic than you, you think, but uh, Iowa's a tough matchup. If their guards are hitting from the outside and they're playing the in-and-out game to Garza, I mean, that's where they're I incredibly tough. Now, if their guards aren't hitting and Luca Garza is having kind of an off night, they're extremely vulnerable. Ohio State is athletic. They come at your throats. They got EJ Liddell and Dwayne Washington Jr. I talked about him a couple weeks ago where he can light it up and be a game-changer. Um, it's going to be a great game. I mean, we're looking at we're looking at Iowa right now as we record Thursday night, almost down twenty points to Michigan. You know, I think whatever comes out of this game will impact what happens on Sunday, right? If Iowa gets uh, gets stomped here by twenty points, the, you know their their head's going to be in the wrong place for an Ohio State team. Ohio State will go for the jugular. Yeah, valid point. I mentioned it earlier when we were talking about the one seeds, but Ohio State's defense is just absolutely suffocating. Uh, if they can keep Garza in check, I think they win fairly easily. But that's a tough, tough task. Uh, but looking forward to this matchup because I think if Ohio State does win, they do lock up a one seed. And Garza's coming off um, the last game, obviously not tonight. I know they're playing now, but he just set the all-time Iowa scoring record at like twenty-one hundred and like ninety points. So he's going to be well over. You know, 2,200 points coming into this one. Um, but like you guys said, they shut him down. Um, I know they got Jordan Bohannon. If Iowa does, you know, shooting from the outside. If any of these kids, the McCaffrey brothers, the coach's sons, if any of these kids aren't having the game of their lives against a strong Ohio State team, um, you know, I, I favor Ohio State. We also need to get Garza a new haircut. It's brutal. I had the haircut when I was like 12, and I did it by myself with a, yeah. a razor. Brutal. I was just noticing that at one of the timeouts. <laughs> like, I want to fly there and just give him a shape up right now. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in this week to Fast Break. Lantern, why don't you take us into the weekend, baby? Bum, bum. All right, guys. Make sure you're tuning in to our Twitter picks at Cover City Sports. We're going to also have them on Instagram and Facebook. Facebook. We're going to have games of the week. So make sure you're tuning into those. We're going to get back on the on the horse, as my cousin said, and we're going to get red hot this weekend. So make sure you're tuning into all that stuff. Guys, thanks for listening in. Give me my money. Yeah, Cover City. Dick picks. Dick picks. Brian's up to yeah, Belmont's getting their ass kicked. Are they really? Yeah. Oh, come on. Wow.